Attention Horizons passengers, our travels will be briefly delayed. Please remain seated. Fresh fruit and flowers. And welcome back to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. As always, I'm your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 85 for the week of September 21st, 2008. This week's show is a special one, as for the very first time, I'm going to welcome a single guest who joins me as the very first co-host for the day. Winner of the Dream Team Project Charity Auction Lot, Lori Burke is going to pull up a chair and a microphone for a number of segments with me. We'll cover the big news coming out of Walt Disney World this week, including the new resort offerings and what the Disney parks are going to hold for you in 2009 and why you need to spend some special time there. We'll also do some fun Walt Disney World trivia in our Fact or Fiction segment, do a best of the best for you and your children, have a couple of helpful hints for parents taking their kids to the parks, answer your listener emails, and so much more. As always, stay tuned at the end of the show for more information and announcements. But for now, just sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Before this year's Magic Meets, some of the auction volunteers and coordinators came to me and asked if I'd be willing to offer up some type of unique or special lot for the auction this year. And of course, I agreed. And because of some of the unique experience-based lots in the years before, the idea of co-host for a day was what they came up with. And I said, sure, but wasn't necessarily confident that people were going to be interested or would bid or whatnot. But this past July, during the fifth annual Magic Meets gathering, with the help of just countless volunteers and bidders and people who donated their time and memorabilia and so much more, we raised a cool $20,000 to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. And in doing so, we really all helped make some real dreams from come true for kids that need some of that Disney magic. And believe me, when we use words like dreams and magic, it takes on a whole new meaning when we talk about them in that context. But one of the big reasons that we reached a number that I never could have anticipated was thanks to my next guest. She was the winning bidder on the WDW radio show co-host for the day auction lot. You may know her as Lori Loves Tigger on the forums, but in real life, she is Lori Burke, and I want to welcome my, yikes, first co-host for the day to this week's show. So Lori, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lou. I am so excited to be here. I can't stand it. <laughs> well, I am I am very excited to have you. Excited, scared, it all means the same thing at this point. So. You should be. <laughs> no, I think this is a lot of fun. And I, I'm going to start off by saying thank you um, for, for what you're doing. And we're going to talk a little bit about the auction and the 
bidding process that took place for this lot a little later on. But first, I, I kind of want the listeners to get to know you a little bit. Since you will be sitting next to me all day being my co-host, tell us a little bit about you and your family and this whole sort of Disney obsession that has consumed you so much that you decided that you bid an incredible amount of money to be co-host on a, on a Disney podcast. How you became the Disney fan, you know, when you started going to Disney World. Okay. Uh, I guess first I want to say thank you for uh, allowing me to do this with you and not being too scared to back out. And uh, let's see. Um, married to a wonderful man named Aaron. And we have one little girl that's eight years old named Cassidy. and Who's awesome, by the way. Oh, oh she's going <laughs> to love that you said that. She's, she's so, so sweet. <laughs> you sure she's yours? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the there's a story behind that. But anyway. Oh, God. Not that. Let's move along. Let's talk about the rest of your family. Um, I'm actually, we have a small family. There's just like, you know, my husband, my daughter, my mom and my dad and my gram. I don't have brothers and sisters. My mom doesn't have brothers and sisters. Cassie doesn't have brothers and sisters. Stop right there, though, because as you know, I love your mother to death. Your yeah. mom is awesome. <laughs> she is. She's she's great. Sometimes she tries to steal my Disney thunder, but <laughs> you know she thinks she has to be at everything and do everything that I do. But uh, yeah, she's pretty good, and she'll love that you said that. <laughs> but um, you know that's our family. Uh, we're all Disney fans through and through. I'm probably the worst. Uh, our first trip was 1986. We went down family vacation. Loved it. You know, fell in love with it. We went down in 1990, 94. It was like an every four-year thing for a while. Uh, got married in 96. And, of course, we had to go there for our honeymoon and see the wonderful pink cake castle in all its pepto glory. Yeah. But, you know, that's one of those things that they're always going to talk about. And, I don't know, I guess my obsession has just gotten worse over the years. Like, I started out a fan, started, you know being involved online more and more and I think once I started knowing more people within the Disney community is one it's pretty much it's at its peak now I think because I normally would go to Walt Disney World maybe every two to three years and now this year I have been there let's see well last year for Mouse Fest I was there for Marathon Weekend in January I was there in May for Mini Marathon Weekend I'll be there next weekend for the Everest Challenge and then back again for Mouse Fest. So you go more than me and I go like every other week. So <laughs> it's got it's never probably never going to happen again. I mean, once I do the half marathon in January, I'm thinking I probably won't go back until maybe the Tower of Terror race in October or try to do my first trip to Disneyland for the half marathon. But I've never gone this much. I'm going to be in so much trouble at work. <laughs> Ah, eh, what they don't know won't hurt them. Well, the problem is, is that you've been going so often, and then we're gonna when you have that long break, that's gonna be the real tough because you're gonna be so used to being there so often. Yeah, I, it's. I think it's gonna be really hard to not be there, especially when I know all my friends are there. That's the worst part. It's not about going to the parks anymore. There's times now it's about going and hanging out with my friends. I, I agree. Now, I agree. I don't that need to. Sorry, I don't need to run through the doors or the gates and rush to get the store now. Now it's more like, who am I meeting up with when and I can't wait to see him. It's about food and friends. Pretty much that's food it. Food and friends. <laughs> there you go. Dole whips and popcorn and... <laughs> I could care less about the attraction. I mean, you're right. And I mean, we both know we've gone before and been in the parks almost all day and hardly ridden anything unless it was just to do something with a friend. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it anymore. 
But you, you also, you kind of feed your obsession when you're not there, like you said, being part of online communities, and I think you're probably members of all of them. But you've been a, yeah. a, a member of the Disney World Trivia Forums for a long time. It's going on more than two years now. Woohoo, DWT. <laughs> It's my favorite place to be. Um, flattery gets you everywhere. Um, when um, <laughs> so, do you remember like when you first started getting online, and what kind of brought you to it, and, and that whole experience? Um, I got a tour book or saw a link. Actually, I think it was on allyearsnet.com. Uh, I saw a link to Passporter, and in there there was just you know links to their forum. So actually, my first forum was theirs, and then I decided that I liked the Disney forum so much I did a search, and that's how unlucky you I found you. Hey, and today I did my 5,000th post. Wow. That's awesome. Congratulations. And thank you so much for being a part of, as you know, I like to call it the the Disney World Trivia family, because I do think that we are all sort of part of a very extended family. And, you know, some of us might have never met. And when we do, we get to meet in the parks. But it really is, even as as big as we've grown, such a very tight-knit community. And I'm really happy that you're a part of it. Oh, thanks. It's fun. And, And I've been fortunate to get to know you through the years, um, in addition to being on the forums and at events, you've been an auction volunteer. Again, I can't thank you enough for that. You know, speaking of the auction, let's let's talk a little bit about the co-host for a day lot. Again, this was not my idea. It's something that you guys really brought to me. I was a little hesitant at first. I wasn't sure how it'd be received, but this is something you, you had your eyes on this lot from the very beginning, didn't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Once I knew we were doing it, I'm like, that is mine, that is mine, that is mine. I was telling my friend that, I'm like, I don't care what it takes unless it was like big, big, huge, more dollars, that uh, you are going to be mine <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, I definitely was eyeing it up from day one. Well, <laughs> you know, this, this and the lot itself, when it came time to actually bid, really sort of got off to an interesting start even before the bidding began go ahead and tell us what started to happen once you guys put the lot up oh uh, well, once once everything started before the doors open we have out the auction bid sheets and mr len testa comes over and writes down a bid after uh being told he was not allowed to because bidding hadn't started yet so we crossed off his bid the doors open len comes back over starts the bidding at like two hundred dollars which you know, that's just crazy. That was just crazy. <laughs> <That's> just crazy. <laughs> you know, I figured, you know, I was going to go start at like 50 or 75 and let it, you know, build up. But yeah, he just at the gate. Boom. So then like Mike Newell and them were like, oh, Len wants to do that. You know, he's going to do it. He's going to win. And I'm like, no, you know, it's mine. I'm going to win. So Len and I kind of had this little bidding war going on. Somebody else did actually make a bid in there somewhere at some point. But then it got to be where I think it was like $375. So I just kind of let it go, and people started coming up to me and saying that uh, Lynn can't win. They don't want Lynn to win. They want me to be on the podcast. It was going to be so much fun, and that they will give me money if I outbid Lynn, which I have not seen any of that money yet. <laughs> so I, I got to, you know, start muscling some people to get me my money now. But, yeah, it just was kind of fun back and forth, Lynn and I teasing each other. And towards the end, being an auction volunteer I knew I could not be over on that that side of that table when bidding was closing so then it was a big debate what do I do do I do I up it do I just let it go because I knew Len was going to come back you know the last minute or so of auction to uh, see what he was going to do and I pretty much just bit the bullet and put my bid in and then I was pretty much a nervous wreck after that because I'm like 
Am I going to win it? Am I not? I can't believe I just wrote that amount of money down. Yeah, and and do me a favor. Tell the listeners what you what you put in as your final and winning bid uh, on on the co-host for a day. Do I have to? Because I never told my husband what it was. <laughs> well, hopefully your husband won't listen. But but oh. <laughs> please do. It was five hundred dollars. All right, I have to ask you the question that I know everybody is thinking. What the heck were you thinking? You know you could have come on the show if you just came to me with a segment idea and didn't have... I mean, I, I'm, I am humbled and flattered and incredibly grateful, but holy cow, Lori. Um, I don't know. You're worth it, and it was for charity, and it was just, I don't know, just something I always wanted to do, and I... If you would have had me on the show before, I probably wouldn't have bid on it, but I knew I had to pay to get on here. <laughs> Well, again, I cannot thank you enough for doing that and for such generosity and for outbidding Len Testa because I'll, I'll tell you that throughout the day, my table was by the auction tables so I could be close and see what was going on. And every so often I'd be talking to someone at my table and he'd walk over, he'd come behind my table, put his arm around me and go, you know we're going to do the whole show in Spanish, right? And then he'd walk <laughs> away. Or he'd walk over and go, you know we're going to sing during the whole show, right? And I'm like... So I start sweating and I'm worried because God only knows what his bid is at that point. So as much as I would have loved to have Len on the show and and sure I will again at some point in the future, I, I am very happy and very thankful once again. So I really do appreciate it. Oh, so when do we start singing? There will be no singing. I can oh, guarantee <laughs> there aren't enough congalooshes on the planet to get me to sing on the show. Uh, me either. I don't sing really well, so we're, we're safe. Good. Good. But I don't know any Spanish, so we're good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, listen, you know, enough with the pleasantries because you are co-host for the day and it's time to put you to work. So, All right. So we're going to get going. We're going to jump right in with this week some big Walt Disney World news. It's huge. Huge. It's not just one, but two. But wait, there's more. Uh, yeah, there, there was big news coming out of Walt Disney World this week. Because Disney made really two major announcements, and one maybe not so much of a surprise in one respect, although uh, another part of that announcement sort of confirmed some rumors that have been going around for a long time. The second one I think is huge, and it really is going to give us an insight as to what the future holds. But first, let's talk about the future of the Disney resorts, because it really is kind of a step back into the past as Disney announced their two newest DVC accommodations. They finally have talked about that big 800-pound, 15-story gorilla standing in the corner because the 15-story Bay Lake Tower at Disney's Contemporary Resort has been confirmed. That's going to be the next to join the DVC family of properties in fall of 2009. While confirming some rumor and speculation, the Treehouse Villas at Disney's Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa is going to open summer 2009. That's going to be sort of the next major room category at the resort and before we start talking about them in detail laura you are a dvc member what do you think about the announcement and these two very different types of properties i am absolutely ecstatic i don't know which one i'm more excited for the treehouse or uh, getting to be able to stay that close to to magic kingdom but i i'm thinking the tree houses the whole rustic sense seems really interesting and i was reading about it and they came up with the word glamping which is called glorious camping <laughs> which is what the treehouse villas is, is you know would be glamping at its absolute best that you know that's that's a great way to describe it because you we talked about this when the tree houses were being closed and, and going down it as 
how different and how unique of an experience those are. Uh, and, and we'll talk about those in detail. But let's take Bay Lake Tower first, because this is the one that everybody sees, has been talking about. They're going to start sales, actually, on September 21st for DVC members. And, and I will bet dollars to donuts that the line is going to form very, very quickly. So sales for Bay Lake Tower are set to begin on September 21st for DVC members, while sales to the general public and uh, for other DVC members for the tree houses are going to begin later on this year. Now, the DVC is really undergoing such unprecedented growth. It was established back in 1991. It's more than doubled since 2004, the actual number of members. It currently it includes more than 350,000 people from 100 countries in every U.S. state. So let's take a look at each of the resorts individually. And like I said, it kind of is taking a step back in the past because each of these has a tie to early Walt Disney World history. Now, Bay Lake Tower, obviously next to Disney's Contemporary Resort, keeps that same style of the original building that opened back as one of the original resorts on October 1st, 1971. The colors are the same. The lines are very much the same. All this is more of a curvilinear sort of C-shape. But that, I think, is going to be some of its appeal because the shape and the landscaping and the design are really going to afford people, and this is going to be the big selling point, incredible views they can't get anywhere else on property. Some of them are going to get the beautiful Bay Lake. Others are going to be able to sit in their DVC accommodations and look out over the Magic Kingdom, which is just a short walk or monorail ride away. There's going to be 295 two-bedroom equivalent villas. Again, location, location, location. Uh, but keeping sort of in with the theme and the name of the contemporary, it's going to be very modern inside. There's going to be flat screen TVs, full kitchens, granite countertops, modern appliances, washers, dryers, all the things that DVC members have come to expect in their resorts. Many of the villas are going to be able to sleep up to nine. So you talk about going down with your whole family. This is just going to be uh, such an awesome choice. Obviously, there's also studios that accommodate up to four. So if you're going down with just a smaller family, maybe husband, wife, kids. But again, the lobby is going to be beautiful. There's some concept art online. It's going to be, you know, beautiful woods and glass-wrapped columns and views from a rooftop lounge, just like you have over in the Contemporary Tower itself. There's also going to be the Sky Bridge that links you right over, not only to the monorail stop, but to the shops and, of course, the restaurants. Uh it's just sort of the ideal vacation destination for DVC members or people who are thinking about it because it offers so much. And again, the only DVC property on the monorail line and that close and with views of the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I saw some of the concept art and it's, it's going to be great. If I ever get to stay there, I'll invite you and your family to come stay with us since it does sleep nine. Awesome. We're a family of three. <laughs> <laughs> You're a family of four, so we'll be set. But... uh. Yeah, and I, I saw that they're going to have like a fireworks viewing deck, which would be really nice. So I'm going to assume they're going to pipe in the wishes music at night so you can stand there and watch the fireworks over at the Magic Kingdom and still hear the, the wonderful wishes music to go with it. Yeah, I think this is just going to be spectacular. Um, I, I really I like the design of the building. I think it does complement as, as opposed to take away from the A-frame contemporary resort. Again, you can't – I mean, if you're thinking about location – I love the boardwalk and the yacht and beach club for its proximity. But if you have a family with young kids and you go to the Magic Kingdom a lot and you want those kind of views, they're just going to be fantastic. And again, watching fireworks and watching wishes from your balcony or from your room, 
if, if that's how and where you want to do it. It's just going to be something I think people who may have been contemplating DVC, this might be the thing that sort of pushes them right over. And this is what, kind of what they were waiting for. Yeah, and if I had extra money, I'd be buying into it. <laughs> I, and again, I think on September 21st, you'd probably have to get online very, very quickly because I think uh, people in the know and people who've been down there and saw it under construction sort of saw it was coming down the pike and have been getting ready. Um, and, and I think this is going to sell out very fast. And, you know, I, I know DVC, sometimes you can start booking seven months or 11 months away. And I think this one, too, could potentially book up fast. But if you're not a DVC member, remember... If there is availability, you can also book and stay there. You don't have to actually be a DVC member in order to stay in any of the DVC properties. So hopefully, um, in addition to staying with you and your family, I'll have a chance to stay there as well. For research purposes only, of course. Well, of course. <laughs> now, the other one that's being built is the one that I think is just so intriguing. And me being the nostalgic that I am, I really love. These are the Treehouse Villas over at Disney's Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa. They're right around the corner and down the river from downtown Disney. They really are the next phase and sort of an unexpected phase of what's the largest DVC resort on property, which is Saratoga Springs. It's going to be treehouse living. And if you remember, if you ever stayed in the old treehouses from 1975 to about 2002 or so, these are very unique standalone properties that are up on stilts. And they are little homes. And what do you call them? Gramping, gramp. <laughs> they're glamping. Glamping. Glamp, camping. Yeah, it, glamping. But they're, I mean, they're wonderful little, very, very unique properties. There's two stories or a spiral staircase. Again, like all of the other DVC properties, there are going to be 60 of these three-bedroom homes. They're elevated 10 feet off the ground on, on these pylons and beams. They really much blend in to the environment, the very heavily wooded environment. So you do not feel more so than any other property, I would say, that you are in Walt Disney World. You feel as though you have this little, you know, cottage or this little cabin in the middle of the tree somewhere. Again, these two, they can sleep nine, but they're going to have cathedral ceilings. They're going to have granite countertops, the flat scrap panel TVs, um, in what they call cabin casual. And having stayed in the Trias Villas a long, long time ago when I was a kid, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to try and stay in one of these. Yeah, I'm actually excited because Saratoga Springs is my home resort, so I'll get to book it 11 months out. Very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, I think these two are going to be, for the people that have come and have stayed in a lot of the different resorts, this is going to be that very, very unique type of experience, um, as opposed to staying in the traditional tower building or, you know, one of the other resorts on property. Yeah, I think it's going to seriously feel like you're camping and you're not even where you are. I don't think you'll even think that you're on Disney property because it's just going to be so secluded. Absolutely. So we'll obviously keep um, updating you as more information comes out, as more artwork comes out, and as more dates when you can start booking becomes available. Lori, let's move on to even the bigger news, in my opinion, because we finally have a glimpse into what's next after the year of a million dreams, which, as you know, I have been a big fan, a big proponent of, for so long since it very first started. I love this promotion. I love everything that it affords the guests above and beyond just winning prizes or the night in the castle, which I'm still totally holding out for. But this new promotion is going to be all about celebrations. And again, for years on the show, I've talked about Walt Disney World being the best place to celebrate anything from, like you said, Lori, a birthday, a wedding, an anniversary, 
again, like Lori, your honeymoon, anything at all. And Disney really wants to help commemorate those events. So starting January 1st, 2009, Disneyland in California and in Walt Disney World in Florida, Disney's going to invite you to come and celebrate all these special moments, whether they're big, small, anything at all with family, friends, in what they say is really the place that dreams come true because now you're going to be able to do what they call celebration vacations because a national study by a travel research firm called Y Partnership showed this as the new trend that consumers are taking more and more of these celebrations vacations as a way to sort of mark milestones, other moments in their lives with family and friends. Uh, and they actually showed that seven out of 10 people reveal they've taken a vacation primarily to celebrate a special occasion. So I guess if you're if you're looking for the excuse to go down to Walt Disney World, that was the one they were taking. And they take these vacations for a variety of reasons because they're looking for activities for everybody and kids and things that adults can do. And of course, Disney parks top the list as the destination for a vacation, for one of these celebration vacations. So Disney sort of said, all right, let's make it, we're gonna make it easy for you. They're gonna have online celebration planning tools where you can discover all of the overlooked experiences and things that you can do, unique events, dining enhancements, and so much more. And you can book these things online. And they'll allow you to sort of tailor these things to what's important for you and your family. And Lori, before we get into some of the details and some of the very cool things they have planned and, and that sort of icing on the cake, pardon the, the pun, what do you think about just the idea of the celebration of vacations and Disney sort of taking this in this direction? Um, I'm really excited about it because I know I spent a few birthdays down there and I know I like to get all the attention, but now it's going to be even bigger and better. And I'll actually be there next year on my birthday in January. So it makes me even more excited to go. Yeah. And the thing that I like is that it's more than just about go get your birthday button. Maybe you can have a cake. Maybe you can have flowers. Maybe cast members might do some nice stuff for you. Now you can really choose from more than 250 different experiences that you can help actually plan for your event. So whether it's special dining to parties, to cruises, to so many things that maybe people, like I said, didn't even realize were available. And again, I'm just going to run through some of the list. You can get custom cakes, signature desserts. They have sweetheart dinners for two for um, for couples where they can kind of celebrate and get champagne, things like that. There's family portraits, personalized souvenirs. They can come and decorate your room for you and tell them what you what the special occasion is going to be. You guys will open the door, walk into the room, and it'll be decorated ahead of time to fit with You're your team. you do that for me for my birthday? Absolutely not. There's going to be confetti <laughs> and, well, maybe. but So you kick off your vacation again with that surprise and imagine the look on your child's face or your wife's face when she walks in and sees the room already ready for them. There can be flowers. There can be cakes. You can do um, staying inside a dream theme where you can have the rooms themed at different destinations, whether it's in Disneyland or Walt Disney World. So a princess theme, a Mickey-inspired theme at Disneyland, or coming next year, a pirate-themed room. Again, imagine your kid's face a huge Pirates of the Caribbean fan when he walks in and his room is a pirate-themed room or your daughter or Lori if it's a, if it's a princess-themed room. There's Pirates. private... Oh, I figured you were going to go that route. Johnny Depp R. will not be... Oh, boy. Anyway, I knew the R was coming soon. Um, there's cruises. There's fireworks cruises. 
backstage tours, storybook exp uh, experiences, again, pirate adventures, tea parties, everything else, parties in Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and something else too new that they're doing is new entertainment inside the parks. And this allows you to focus on your favorite attractions, favorite characters, favorite stories, again, so you can customize it for you and your family. So there's going to be new street parties, both at Walt Disney World and in Disneyland. A lot of these interactive things that I enjoy so much and, and I love seeing guests um, do as well. There's this call out to guests to just come on and celebrate today with you know music and dancing. There's going to be a Tomorrowland party. The park's going to be decorated. It's all going to be, you're going to see a lot of this. Banners, balloons, all, you know, party hats, everything that you would like, that you would find at a normal birthday party. Again, the celebration buttons and so much more. But here is the real sort of big kicker. And I know, Lori, this is all you need to just <laughs> go down for your birthday. <laughs> if it's your birthday, you can go to Walt Disney World for free. Yes! Now, I don't mean your entire vacation is paid for, but you get, if it's your birthday, and you need to show proper, you know, government issue ID, not just today is my birthday, you get free admission to one of the Walt Disney World or Disneyland theme parks on your birthday in 2009. All you need is proof of it. Now, if you have an annual pass or whatnot, they will give you an alternate birthday treat instead. You don't get cash or anything like that. But imagine this. You are going to go down... And again, the person whose birthday it is can get into the parks that day for free. That's absolutely amazing. Whoever came up with this was a genius. <laughs> I mean, it's wonderful because, again, it's it's a place that ha people have gone in the past, but now it's really given you even more reasons to go. And the thing that I really like is that they are putting all these different experiences right in front of guests to say, hey, these are some of the things that you can do. We'll help do it for you. We'll customize it for you, not just you, you sort of pick a la carte, but they're going to be tailored just to you and just to your family for these celebration vacations. And it doesn't have to be a birthday. Again, it could be an anniversary. It could be a honeymoon. It could be anything at all. It's just that other reason to go. And again, plus the already magical experience that I think you're going to get anyway. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely amazing. I know we're going for my dad's 70th birthday, but it's in December, so we'll miss out on it, but I kind of wish his birthday was a month later because it would be so much easier to plan all the fun stuff. Right, and because you know, and because you have that expectation of the way Disney does things, and we have that trust in Disney as to how they do it, you know that going down there to celebrate one of these events is going to be something truly, truly spectacular, something you are definitely never going to forget. Oh, no. It's going to be mind-blowing awesome. Yeah. So there's obviously many, many, many more details. And again, I just read through part of the list of things that are available. So obviously, for more information, uh, if you want to book a celebration vacation, you can visit DisneyParks.com. You can also call 407-W-Disney. You can also visit DisneyParksCelebrations.com. There's a lot of interactive stuff you can do on there. And of course, I would definitely recommend using a Disney specialist travel agent. They can definitely help you weed through all the opportunities, all the things to really help you plan what is obviously a very, very important occasion in your life or your child's life or your wife or your parents or whoever it is that you're going to book it for. So again, that's Disney Parks or DisneyParksCelebrations.com. Yeah, I was on there last night. You can go in and like pre-register your birthday. 
type of thing and they'll send you an email notification two weeks beforehand and if you print out that paper you pretty much can just get through all the paperwork faster when you get there yeah and like you said you can pre-order so many different things these little party packs and, and things that they can have waiting for you so you're not scrambling when you're getting there trying to figure out you know what do I do or how do I order a birthday cake or how do I get something special in my room or where else can I eat I mean there, Please, we could take probably hours talking about all the different dining experience options that there are as well, because they, they're doing things to enhance all the dining experiences as well. So it's not just, well, gee, you know, where do you want to go and eat for your birthday? Now they can have these birthday parties for you or these sweetheart dinners, like I said. Uh, over in Disneyland, you can actually have a celebration roundup and barbecue over at Big Thunder Ranch. And Laura, you'll, you'll like this. There's actually... Um, some of the restaurants are going to have special drinks, like the Magical Star Cocktail. So I, if I am down there with you, I, <laughs> I promise I will buy you a Magical Star Cocktail as long as I get to stay in your room at the uh, Bay Lake Tower. So. <laughs> Good thing you filled in the rest of that time. Exactly. <laughs> Got a little excited there for a minute. All right. So again, for more information, visit DisneyParks.com. Um, that's all the Walt Disney World news we have for this week. Again, I think it was big enough to sort of dedicate uh, the entire news section for it. But again, if you have news that you want to share or if you want to discuss anything that we covered here, I definitely invite you to come over to the forums at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. Talk about either the new DVC resorts, talk about the new celebration vacations in 2009, anything at all that you want to share. Again, that's DisneyWorldTrivia.com. All right, Lori, for our next segment, I hope you brought your A-game because it's test time, baby. Because we're going to do a little fact or fiction. I am ready. Awesome. And I, as I say, every time I do this segment, this is not meant to try and test you or challenge you or potentially embarrass you if you get one wrong. It's just a fun way to sort of share some trivia facts and get it out there and just have it in a fun game style sh- format. But again, there are no prizes to be won at the end, I can assure you. Ugh. That's okay. I probably have everything anyway. <laughs> you probably do. So <laughs> I got the backpacks and the calendars and the CDs. Thanks for the uh, little plug in there, too. All right. Here we go. I'm going to give you 10 fact or fiction questions. All you need to do is tell me whether you think that what I'm giving you is either fact or if it's fiction. And then we can kind of talk about it a little bit afterwards. Okay. Let me get Google up. You will not have time to Google, I can assure you. So here you go. First one. The infamous horse's head from the Godfather movie was once seen on display over at the Disney MGM Studios. Fact or fiction? I'm going to say fiction, but I've never seen the Godfather movie, so I'm not sure what it would even look like. All right, we need to stop right there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Between you and my wife, have you at least, have you seen Star Wars? Oh, yeah. My husband's a huge Star Wars fan. Do you agree that Blazing Saddles is is just pure comic genius? I've never seen Blazing Saddles. Oh, my God. We're only five minutes into this and already I'm sweating. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> I was doing so good. It, it, it's actually a fact, believe it or not. Um, there is a very famous scene where, well, I guess it's not a spoiler at this point since The Godfather's been out for like 30 years and you haven't seen it. But there's a famous oh, scene where five. somebody finds his prized horse's head. Uh, in his bed, and that prop was actually used back in Superstar Television. I don't know if you remember that um, show from the studios. That was um, something that where guests were brought on. They were filmed sometimes in front of green screens and put into different TV shows. 
Well, this the horse's head was used in the Western scene, and the guests would be selected out of the audience, and they would appear to be an actor riding a horse from the old TV show Bonanza. Again, something else you've probably have never seen. I've seen Bonanza so reruns. <laughs> Lorne Green, wonderful actor. Anyway, that's fine. We're going to move on to question two. Don't worry about it, but I will be sending you a copy of The Godfather on DVD. Ooh, something I finally don't have. All right, number two. Mammoth Marathon was the name of a proposed daytime race through Disney's Animal Kingdom. Fact or fiction? Mammoth Marathon. Fiction. That's right. And why do you think it's fiction? Do you think it's because I made it up or because you think it's the name of something else? Well, the whole mammoth thing doesn't seem very, I don't know, it doesn't fit into the time period or the of Animal Kingdom, I think, guess. Think Dino Land USA. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, you are right. It is fiction, but not for why you think. There actually is something called Mammoth Marathon. It's one of the boardwalk-type games that's in Dino Land and Chester and Hester's Dino-Rama. It's sort of a, uh, a racing derby game, just like there's the whack-a-mole game that's called Dino-Wama. There's the water squirty game called Fossil Fueler. There's about five or six of those Midways-type carnival games on there, and Mammoth Marathon is actually one of them. I gotta check that out next time. I usually just walk through that area and don't play oh, anything. Or- gosh. Don't you listen to the show? Don't when we yes, did the whole DSI on Dino. Uh, anyway, all right, let's move on. This to is qu- WWE today, right? <laughs> My God, it's like I think that may be your third strike. That could be your third <laughs> strike. All right, but I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Let's move on to question three. And uh, Disney's Wilderness Lodge opened after Disney's Boardwalk. Fact or fiction? Wilderness Lodge opened after Boardwalk. Hmm. Stop Googling. I'm not even Googling. I lost <laughs> it. I'm going to say fiction. It is fiction. You're right. Uh, Wilderness Lodge opened in 1994. Boardwalk opened in 1996. Quick off-topic question. If you could stay at either one, if you if you had a free trip and could stay at either Wilderness Lodge or the Boardwalk, where would you stay? Wilderness Lodge. Why? I've eaten dinner there. I've just walked through there, and I just absolutely love it. Someday I'll stay there. Okay. But uh, just curious. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love it as well. So there was no there was, there was no right or wrong answer to that question. So, question four: At one time, the most photographed item in Epcot was once found inside World of Motion. Fact or fiction? Oh, I'll say fact. It's actually fact, and according to Disney. Uh, the model cars from General Motors inside the World of Motion in the post show area, they were reported as Disney as being the most photographed items in Epcot. Uh, above and beyond Spaceship Earth, the Fountains, World Showcase, anything else. Um, so, how they actually measured that, I have no idea, but Disney said it, so I take it as fact. <laughs> <laughs> Do you All believe right. everything you read? Yes, everything. Everything on the internet is true. So. <laughs> I just thought it was a fun fact. So that's why I kind of threw it out there. Anyway. I, I have pictures of those cars somewhere. My dad probably has video footage. See that? You helped contribute to that question. Yeah. Question five. There was once a parade called the Father's Day Home Improvement Power Parade. Fact or fiction? <laughs> the Father's Day Home, like improvement Home Improvement Power Parade. Well, it, Home Improvement is in the title. So, yes, it was. Possibly. Oh, I'm going to say fiction. Oh, 
It was in there. You, you had it. You were right there. It's actually fact. There was the Father's Day Home Improvement Power Parade. I am not making that up. It was obviously... I know, but it was based obviously off the show Home Improvement. It played in Disney MGM Studios back in 1997. And there were all kind of things that you would have found on the show, like hot rod cars and riding mowers and all kinds of manly power tools and weed whackers and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, there was monster pickup trucks and the whole kinds of things like that. And there was, I think they actually had uh, lookalike contests that weekend, that Father's Day weekend for Tim the Toolman, Toolman Taylor and Al. They had, you know, guests could kind of go and, and uh, participate in lookalike contests as well. So, but those That's are cool. See, but those are some of the cool things that Disney has done through the years, like those little specialty parades and little sort of interactive things like that that I enjoy so much. My session wasn't that that major right then. You know, now I probably could have told you that there things going on now, but your obsession with with Tim Allen or your obsession with Disney? No, just Disney. Okay. In general, like I said, it just slowly has increased. Right, because the Tim Allen obsession is something totally different. So, I have a Lou Mangiello obsession. <laughs> wow, let's quickly move on to question number six. <laughs> At one time, plans were on the drawing board for a roller coaster to be located in Dinoland, USA, called the Excavator. Fact or fiction? Fact. That is a fact. That's right. Woo-hoo. Back around 1999, there were rumors and supposedly plans on the drawing board for a steel roller coaster that was made to look like a wooden roller coaster, kind of like what you have over uh, at Disney's California Adventure with California Screaming, and it was going to be tied into the story of the Boneyard, that area at the front of Dinoland where kids can go in and be part of the dig site. Well, this was going to be located in the back of Dinoland, and it was supposed to be an abandoned part of that dig site. Uh, Archaeologists had stopped digging there uh, because the soil was just too bad and it was very unstable. So there was danger of cave-ins and all kinds of things like that. But what we as guests would have seen as we walked up is found that the the ore cars that they would go in and out of the mine were still there. And that, you know, if we were brave enough to get into one of these cars, we can get um, on an exciting ride sort of inside some of the abandoned portions of the dig site. Sounds very cool in theory. Would love to see something like that still come up, especially in that section of um, the park. Um, Although you've got Everest right there. And I guess that may have taken away from any plans for uh, any future of the excavator, especially in Dinoland. Yeah, it would have been really cool to see, though. They, they need another thrill type of something fun in Animal Kingdom, though. That would have been neat. Well, I, I still believe that the area that is currently the Camp Mini Mickey area will at some day be no more, and that's where you're going to find uh, your other sort of gatebuster attraction and your other weenie, that other thing that's going to draw you. To, and now, the excavator was supposed to be the weenie for that side of the park, I think you're going to find something else uh, where Camp Minnie Mickey, where Beastly Kingdom was originally supposed to be. We probably won't get that in its original form, but I think that's where you're going to find your other really sort of e-ticket attraction on that side. Uh, Probably, I hate to venture a guess time-wise, but five to seven years, you might see that start. That'd be cool. So, all right, we're going to bounce out of Disney's Animal Kingdom, and we're going to see if you listened to your Adventureland CD. All right. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, you see, I caught you. You've been caught. No, I have. The, I have the listened strikes, to it. The strikes are Wait, piling up. Wait, you pull up. that up on iTunes <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> All right. The Safari Club was the original name of a snack and refreshment stand located in Adventureland. Fact or fiction? Fact. It's, see, you didn't listen to it. <laughs> it's fiction. The Safari Club 
was actually that's okay. It was actually my, my shows are like nine hours long. So if you listen to the show, you'll never have time for the for the audio guides. Anyway, that doesn't mean I pay attention. The Safari Club was actually the name of a shooting arcade, much like the Frontierland shooting arcade. Uh, it was only open for about a year. It closed. It became Colonel Hathies in 1972. You really was, the the idea was that you were going to be sort of on safari and be able to shoot sort of fake game. And they wanted to use pellet guns like in Frontierland. Instead, they were uh, arcade style games that used light instead. Really one of, or arguably really, one of the first quote-unquote attractions to close over in the Magic Kingdom. So uh, not a lot is known actually about the Safari Club. Not a lot of photos out there, but um, we're going to move on to question eight now that you've told me that you have not listened to it. Horizons. Now, you should definitely get this one right. Horizons allowed you to choose between one of three different endings. Fact or fiction? Fact. Excellent. Now, do you remember what the three... You don't have to give me the names, but do you remember the sort of scenes that you can go that you can choose from i can remember there being a ocean and space but i can't remember what the other one was the third one was the desert farm oh i thought it was desert mesa verde a sea castle and of course brava centauri i miss that orange smell i am with you 110 percent. you've redeemed yourself oh you agree with me <laughs> question nine the pleasure island jazz company was closed and eventually replaced by the Wild Horse Saloon. Fact. fact. Or f- Half of it's fact. The Pleasure Island Company did close, but it was replaced, and you should know this, by Raglan Road. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pl- Jazz Company opened back in 93, closed in 2005, and then Raglan Road, the pub and restaurant, opened in October of that same year. All right, here's your 10th and final question. And since I know that you're staying at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge for the Expedition Everest Challenge, I'm going to ask you a question about that. The shape of the buildings of the new Kadani Village, which is going to be part of the new DVC area, what's under construction right now, was shaped and really modeled after a traditional African necklace. Fact or fiction? That sounds like fact. That's right. (laughs) Very good. Like everything, there's a story and a reason behind everything Disney does. That name, Kadani, actually means necklace in Swahili. And they they sort of took their cues from a village where the women make these beautiful beads um, and necklaces and bracelets that have the beads with the little nodes kind of in between them. And if you look overhead at the view of the Kadani village, you'll see the shape of the necklace the beads are actually the buildings, and the little nodes are the hallways in between. So, once again, Disney's Imagineer is kind of taking their cues from something in real life and, and real stories to kind of lead to even the construction of a building. So, Lori, by my tally, you get 10 out of 10. So, excellent job on Factor Fiction. All right. <laughs> That's good. It was fun. Cool. Well, we're going we're gonna to move right on to the next segment, simply because I've never done the co-host for a day before. And... <laughs> Something else that, that I've, I like to do on the show, and, and I unfortunately haven't had a chance to do it in some time, is really highlight some of the very best that Walt Disney World has to offer. And I always encourage you to explore. And sometimes there are things you really have to seek out to find, and other times there are things right in front of you. And because I think Disney is just simply the very best at what they do, I like to call this segment the best of the best. So, my lovely and talented co-host, what do you feel is one of the very best, best of the bests in Walt Disney World. 
Oh, I'm going to say one of the best kids stage shows is Storytime with Belle in the Magic Kingdom. But I have a reason for it, though, too. That's quite all right, because I'm totally on board with you. So go. Um, my daughter's first trip, she was three and a half. We decided to take a break, go watch Storytime with Belle. She's sitting up front and they pick kids out of the audience to be the characters. And they give them these little costumes that go over their clothes. And she got to be Chip. And she will tell you to this day that she was Chip and not Mrs. Potts. That's all we heard the whole trip. <laughs> I was Chip, not Mrs. Potts. Really cute. But then, you know, they do the, the little story of Beauty and the Beast. And at the end, Belle sticks around and uh, signs some autographs. And that's probably the only time I ever cut in line for an autograph because she was just standing up there. And Cassidy was to the right of her. And the kids were lined up to the left of her. And Cassidy pretty much just went right up to her and cut in front of everybody else to get her autograph. <laughs> Like but mother, it was like a daughter. Show. <laughs> <laughs> what? I didn't say like mother, like daughter at all. Hey, I only cut when it's Tigger. <laughs> I, it was- I I totally agree with you about this show, and it very much I think is something that's overlooked by people, partially because of where the theater is, and, and I kind of put theater in quotes because it's very small, and it's the Fairy Tale Garden Theater, and it's sort of to the right and behind the castle, and if you go to, to the hub. Head off towards Tomorrowland and that farthest right north um, spoke from the hub. That'll take you to the Fairytale Garden Theater. I love it because it's very small. It's very intimate. Uh, it's wonderfully themed like like a, a, a castle like with crumbling stone walls. That, too, actually has a story behind it. And it, the story basically is that ruins from an old castle from the 1300s were unearthed behind the castle. And now they're in the process of being restored. And that's uh, being currently used as a stage show. Uh, I think it's great because kids, like I said, not only is it interactive and the kids can be a part of the show, but because you can sit so close, you really feel different than you would as, as opposed to going to see, for example, the Beauty and the Beast stage show over at, at Hollywood Studios. And I think it's, like you said, a great place to get a photo opportunity. It's not always very crowded, although I would suggest getting there early. They do about six or so shows a day. They start uh, about 11 o'clock or 10 after 11. They go on the hour, 11, 12, 1, 2. They'll skip three because of the parade, and then you'll do four or five. It's quick. It's only about 20 minutes, uh, and it's something that I think kids will like of any age, even if the the, the youngest kids probably in your family, as well as adults. I, I really, really enjoy the show, and it's not because of my unhealthy fascination with Belle. So. <laughs> and something else, too, that... Um, I like about this show and that I noticed when I was kind of doing more research about it is that it's also hearing impaired accessible. And what I mean by that is that I believe at, at least one performance during the day, they will have its sign language interpreted and you'll need to actually consult the park guide or go up to guest relations and find out. But I think it's wonderful that they do it even for, and especially for a small show like this. So for all those reasons, I, I wholeheartedly agree that story time with Belle at the Fairy Tale Garden Theater in the Magic Kingdom is the best of the best stage show, especially for, for younger kids in the family. Yeah, especially they can you know have that opportunity to become part of the show that I think makes a big difference with some kids. And their yeah, mothers, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, I was all excited. My kid was <laughs> on stage. She was chipping, not Mrs. Potts. <laughs> but that's it. That's where the memories come from. It is little things like that. That's what you're going to take away from it. That's what you're going to remember. And that's why I love these little interactive experiences. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably one of the best memories from her first trip. 
that and a couple other ones because it's totally off topic, but you know how you can make the cookies and the land from uh, Nestle? So Past tense, that. but okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, you could. You used to be able to. And she did that, and she was like the last one to do it. And they like scraped out the bowl, so she had this huge amount on her spoon, and she smashed it right down on the pan. <laughs> so afterwards, we're, you know, videotaping her, asking her, you know, what did she like? And she's like, I smashed it. That was, so she was, you know, chipping up Mrs. Potts, and she smashed it. And she'll still tell you now that she got to smash the cookie. All good memories. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know, that actually kind of leads me to something else I wanted to ask you about, because I'm happy that you picked something specifically having to do with kids, and I think it's great. And obviously, occasionally, you choose to take your daughter, you know, along every so often. I have an excuse, oh, yeah. quote-unquote, research trips. Um, yeah. So... Having done it, obviously, at least once, do you have maybe one or two good tips for parents that for taking their kids to Walt Disney World? And maybe a tip that can kind of, you know, run the whole spectrum, something that whether it's for the first time parent taking their kid or even for parents that have taken their kids to the parks before. Okay. One of the things I like to do is, and actually this is something my mom came up with, so she'll love this is that we take a picture of my daughter in the same spot for every trip. And actually our spot is Minnie Mouse's mailbox in Toontown. So then we see from trip to trip over the years how much she's grown because the mailbox stays the same, but she's, you know, how much taller she's gotten, how different she looks. So it's something fun to do that you can always look back at as a parent, you know, to see, see how much they've changed over the years. And another one is that we always take a picture of Cassidy every morning from head to toe you know if she has a hat on what shoes she has on first thing in the morning so if for some reason we would become separated from her we have a very current picture as to you know what she looks like what she has on to give to a cast member security person that's you know they can print it out pass it around and you know look for her if god forbid that would ever happen so that's a, a big thing to remember you I mean, Disney is a very safe place. I feel probably the safest in Walt Disney World, but, you know, things can happen. You get separated in a crowd, and I think it's very handy to have have something that you can show so everybody knows, you know, who they're looking for and what they do have on. Make sure you get those shoes in there. See? Oh, bravo. See, that's why you are co-host for the... I think that is a brilliant tip. It's Woo-hoo. simple but brilliant. And again, with digital cameras, you have the pictures right there. Not that... It would ever happen that, but you know, you could get separated during a parade or whatever, and, and you know, mom or dad or the kid panics. I think it's a great, great tip. Yeah, and she actually carries. Last year, we gave her like ID cards with her picture on it and like where we were staying, my cell phone number, my husband's cell phone number. So if she found the cast member first, she had information to give them that says, you know, this is my mommy and daddy's cell phone number. I can't find them. You know, I'll tell you, after the little godfather hiccup, I'm getting more and more impressed with you. I'm redeeming myself. <laughs> Don't get crazy. I, Don't get crazy. You still never saw Blazing Saddles. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll have to go rent it this week. I'll have to watch it before, you know, I come down Everest weekend so I can tell you I saw it. And you will agree that it is one of the greatest comedy masterpieces of all time, right up there with History of the World Part 1. But anyway, let me not get <laughs> off topic. So... Well, good. Okay. I, I like that tip uh, a lot. And so maybe... Uh, what do you say maybe you help me out with answering some listener emails? Okay. Okay. 
All right, co-host, you can help me get through some listener emails. I am unfortunately way behind in answering, and for that, I apologize. But we're going to try and get through as many as we can today. Um, I'm just going to pick some of these out randomly. So if you're ready, we'll go ahead with the first one. I am ready. All right. First one says, hello, Lou. I am interested in more information on Divine at the Animal Kingdom. I understand it's an amazing site that most people may miss. We've ne- we've never made it a point to search for her, but we've kept an eye out without any luck. What would be the best strategy to get a glimpse of her? Location, time, etc. Any information would be appreciated. That comes from Toby in Franklin, Louisiana. So first question first. Have you ever seen... First of all, do you know what or who Divine is? And if so, have you ever seen her? Yes, I know. And yes, I've seen her. Isn't that like Tim Divine, the guy that goes around and takes pictures? No, 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 no. This Divine is much more beautiful and, <laughs> and graceful. And yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, I had caught her... Very by chance, every time I go to purposely look for her, I never see her. Well, but I've caught before. We're hopefully going to be able to, to help you with that because I think Divine is definitely something that you should go out and explore and try and find. I actually like it better sometimes standing there watching her and then seeing people come over, totally unsuspecting, having no idea because that's the reaction that just gets you. Divine basically is a tall green plant woman on stilts. Um, and it, it, trust me, it's much more beautiful than, than that description. But in the walkway between Harambe and Asia, in the ve- vegetation on the Discovery Riverside, sort of facing the Tree of Life, every hour or so between like 12 and 1, um, this tall and again, very beautiful woman who is sort of decorated in costume, much like the vegetation that surrounds her, emerges very gracefully uh, from there, speaks not a single word, but works with and interacts with the audience and is really one of these super seriously hidden treasures that I think everybody should go and see. And again, that's you can usually see her at 10, 11, 12, and 1. She's out for about 30 to 45 minutes um, in, in that walkway there. And again, just... I think she's just absolutely fascinating and very, very engaging. Yeah, it was. We caught her by chance, Mouse Fest last year, going from uh, Kilimanjaro Safari over to Everest, and we're walking. We're like, "Wow, there's Divine!" And you know, taking all these pictures, and I got some really good shots of her. She's really cool. Yeah, and she's stunning. I mean, she's really just stunning. And I know there's a couple of performers that um, work as Divine, but really, really something that you should see and uh, one of those hidden treasures. So let's go on. Lori, the next email is sort of a an amalgamation of a lot of emails that I get. And a lot of similar questions ask me about park music. And, and here's just sort of one that's representative of it. Uh, this one says, Lou, I got addicted to your show in December, but not owning an iPod. I found it difficult to burn a CD of it each week for use in the car. The WDW radio show, more than anything else, made me realize that I'd have use for an iPod, so perhaps Apple Osho commission check. I'm a big fan of Disney's attraction and atmosphere music, so what's your favorite CD or place to get music? Thanks for a great show. Keep up the great work. And again, that's emails like from Peter from Maryland, Tom Reck, Kristen Ray from New Jersey, and a bunch more. Lordy, I know for me, the first thing that comes to my mind is the Four Parks One World CD. Um, I know there was a new one that was just released this year. I picked that one up again. It's a two-CD set of music from the theme parks, and it's got pretty much everything that you'd want as far as theme songs and music, and this year they added the three Caballeros, which really is a big reason why I bought it again. 
And the thing that I like about the 4 Park CD2 is all the music on there isn't necessarily current. So, for example, in Epcot, you'll get the old Kitchen Cabaret medley along with Magic Journeys, but you'll also get Soren and music from Horizons. There's music from each of the four parks. You also get some stuff on here that I really like too, like the Swiss Polka and the Welcome Medley from Main Street, one of my favorite tracks. Um, some great background music like Destiny from Mission Space, um, Golden Dream from The American Adventure. There is about 20 or so tracks on each, so you're looking at about 45 or so songs. That's the Happiest Celebration on Earth CD. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it cost. Really, really like these two. And the other ones I like too, I don't, and I've had these in the past, are the official albums. And it's usually a, a mix of the official album of Walt Disney World and Disneyland having songs from both parks in them. Yeah. <laughs> I think I like that um, the, the older songs, the Kitchen Cabaret, the Veggie Veggie Fruit Fruit. It's one of my favorite songs from way back when. I used to love that show. And they're going to be the first two bars of Soren, and Cassidy's yelling, Soren! All the way across the <laughs> house. But uh, I like the attraction music, though, too. I have you know, the Haunted Mansion CD and the Pirates of the Caribbean CD. And actually, the other night we were playing Haunted Mansion Clue. And I was playing my Haunted Mansion CD while we were playing it. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's not the only CD they sell in the parks. I know uh, a couple of people, uh, like James from the UK, asked me specifically about Wishes. There is a Wishes CD. I very much recommend picking that up. Like you said, there are attraction-specific ones. Pirates, I know. Haunted Mansion. I believe they still have Festival of the Lion King as well. Uh, Spectral Magic, Illuminations. Phantasmic is another great CD and if you like the parade music there's a CD called Magic in the Streets um, that's, oh, that's another yeah yeah all the CDs I mean I really really enjoy it and, and again when you can't kind of get down to kind of give you that little fix and as far as iTunes is concerned fortunately or unfortunately a lot of these are not available on iTunes I know a bunch of people ask specifically about what they could find what you will find on iTunes are artists or sort of compilations of artists that do covers of songs like the Tiki Room I think is done a thousand different ways and there's like a Macarena style there's a um, Dixieland style there's a bunch of different CDs like that but what you can find as far as official music is the old Walt Disney World Band CD the Country Bear Jamboree and not Disney World specific but the Mellow Men the Thrill Ravenscroft and the other singers, they have the Meet Me Down on Main Street CD, which I know you can still get on iTunes. So uh, people also ask me, Lori, why aren't more released? I mean, they know that they would sell a billion of them. And, you know, especially stuff with uh, extinct attraction music. Again, you can find a lot of that on the official album. But yeah, there are still some songs I'd like to find some original source audio for as well, like If You Had Wings and some of the other songs that I, I remember from uh, a long time ago. So, if you're in the parks, that's the best place to find park music. And again, but you can search around on iTunes and see what else you can find. So, all right, let's move on to the next one. And it, this is actually another parent-related question, which is partially why I pulled it. It says, Lou, I got to thinking about the baby swap feature, and I had a question that I could not find an answer to. I was wondering if you could use this feature if you only had one adult who wanted to ride an attraction. So, for example, could I wait in the queue for Tower of Terror with my little sister, and then when we reached the load, could she wait there and then I could pick her up after I rode? I have a feeling this probably is not accommodated because then people would just be using this as a temporary babysitter all the time. But I thought I'd ask you anyway, 
Keep up the great work. Your shows really make my drive to school every Monday morning fun. Thanks. And that's Nick from Illinois. So, Lori, are you familiar at all with the baby swap feature? I've only done it once and it didn't go too well. And it was actually at Tower of Terror. <laughs> We're going to tell you, I was taking my mom on it for the first time. We all waited in line. Cassie was too young to ride it then. And we get there and Aaron and Cassie take the chicken door thinking that we were going to baby swap so him and I could have rode it and we end up just coming off the ride and didn't even worry about doing it but I've had I've heard good things about it I've heard people that actually have left their children with or their child with the uh, attendant at Tower Terror and they've come down and there their child was standing in full you know Tower Terror costuming looking like a bellhop wow but, and yeah, now, now I don't I, know where I've ever seen it but I have never heard that and my my first reaction would be no. Uh, would, yeah, I don't think I, I would leave my child with somebody. I yeah, and I don't think that you're going to get a cast member that necessarily is going to feel uh, comfortable being responsible for watching your child no matter what age they were. But the way Baby Swap works is that if you are going with your husband or your wife or whomever, there's two adults and a child, obviously the child can't ride something like Tower Terror. When you first get up to the attraction, you tell one of the cast members there, you'll get a, a rider switch pass which basically means you go through the queue, one of you rides. When one comes off, you swap your baby, not for a new baby, but you swap the baby to your partner, spouse, whatever, and then the other gets to go through the fast pass queue and ride with little or no wait. So you don't have to worry about waiting online twice. Uh, It's a wonderful system. I don't think every parent necessarily knows about it. Uh, But again, as far as being a solo rider with a child, you might have a tough time trying to use the rider switch pass, again, depending on two how old the child might be, but I would not necessarily bank on the fact that uh, a cast member will be watching your child. So, Next question, Lori says, Dear Lou and Lori, first of all, I want to thank you for all your hard work and dedication you put into the show. Being an international traveler, flying all the way from Scotland, UK, it's great to hear what's going on in Walt Disney World. And I guess probably one of my shows will, will accommodate you for that 10 or 11 hour trip back and forth. Anyway, we've been vacationing in Orlando, stop laughing, and Walt Disney World since 1994, and it's like a second home to us and is greatly missed every time our vacation ends. We have a vacation planned for October 23rd through November 8th, where on October 31st, my fiance and I are to be wed in Lou Gardens, downtown Orlando. Congratulations in advance. My first question is, where would you recommend going for a nice lunch on Disney property after our marriage ceremony? will be a party of six. One is under two years. My second question is, during our vacation, we want to take our daughter to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party as she'll be 22 months when we travel. Do you have any tips regarding booking tickets and having a successful evening? And my third and final question is, do you know where I can request copies of park maps? I find these are useful tools when planning our vacations, especially when traveling with a little one. Thank you in advance and magical wishes. That comes from Nicola Stewart, Aberdeen, Scotland, in the UK. All right, Lori, so we got three questions in one here. The first, they're getting married in Orlando, but they want to have a nice lunch on property after their wedding ceremony. And fortunately, the conversation turns to food. Where are some places you might recommend for a nice lunch on property? Uh, I'm going to say Le Salier. I've never eaten there for lunch, but I've eaten there for dinner, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Le Cellier. Um, the food there is excellent, and even whether it's for lunch or for dinner, um, I definitely think it's one of the best meals on property. Certainly one of the best in World Showcase or, or in any of the theme parks. So if you don't want to pay for park tickets, maybe not ev- everybody in your party um, has a park pass, look for some place, obviously, outside the theme parks. The resort hotels are filled with wonderful restaurants that you can go to for dinner. 
and get a, a nice experience, nice view there. You can go to the Animal Kingdom Lodge. You can go to downtown Disney has a lot of nice places that you can go. You've got the lake right there. You can walk around as well. There's Captain Jack's. There's Fulton's Crab House, which is very nice. If you want to do something uh, maybe a little bit more casual, you can even go to Raglan Road, which is the food there is delicious. Bongo's Cuban Cafe, um, House of Blues, something a little bit more, um, like I said, relaxed. There's Wolfgang Pucks. There are a ton of places. And again, too, you also have all the resorts to choose. Um, Unfortunately, some of the places that I would recommend, like for a dinner, like Artist Point or California Grill, aren't necessarily open for lunch. But Lori, any suggestions maybe that I'm missing? Um, nope, you got them all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, just, um, I would say the Grand Floridian Cafe. I've eaten there for lunch. It was wonderful. And you can take some nice wedding photos around the resort area, the fountains and the scenery is just beautiful. Very true. Very true. And I was even trying to think of things maybe on the boardwalk. Um, unfortunately, Flying Fish, which is one of my favorites, is closed. Some of the things on the boardwalk, like Spoodles, a little bit more um, casual. And I'm even thinking maybe something in the Dolphin. I know Fresh is probably open for lunch, but I think places like Blue Zoo are probably closed. Um, it really depends on what you guys want to do, how casual you want to be. And maybe location, location, location. What do you want to do after lunch? Do you want to stroll the boardwalk? Choose something in the boardwalk area or in one of the hotels. If you want to maybe pick one of your favorite resorts and then browse to the resort there. Or something in downtown Disney gives you the opportunity to walk around and browse some of the shops and places like that in downtown Disney as well. The second question that they had was about Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. First questions first, have you ever attended? I love the Halloween party awesome I, I do as well and I think that your whole family including the 22 month old who might not know exactly what he or she is seeing but is going to love the sights and the sounds is really going to have a good time and they were basically looking for tips to kind of make the most out of the experience and you know the best way to, to experience it the two things that I would say are first go online and go buy your tickets in advance depending on what day that you want to go especially if you're looking to try and go on or around October 31st Halloween you have to get your tickets in advance because that will definitely sell out. And the Halloween, ol- is sold out. Halloween is sold out already. Okay. Night is sold out. There you go. So the only other advice I would I would definitely give you because you can kind of enjoy the party different ways and maybe Laura you can touch on it is if you plan on going to the party, take a break during the day. Don't try and get there commando style, especially with the young one, getting there for park opening and then running the whole day and then staying for for the Halloween party. Go back to your resort recharge, take a nap, have some lunch, go in the pool, and then come back early evening um, to really start enjoying the party. Yeah. I, I always make the mistake of getting up in the morning, doing a park, and then being up till one or two, and the next day, I just feel like I've been hit by a rock and roller coaster five times in a row or something. But uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And actually, when we went, my mom and I went, you know, we dressed up. We just did basic. We wore scrubs. We were nurses. We had little lanyards that said, you know, Nurse Ratchet or something on it. And we actually had gotten orange canvas tote bags for our trick-or-treat bags instead of the little ones that they give you. And we had the characters sign it. So it was something fun to do. But at the end, we hardly had any candy because I wasn't there to really get a lot of candy. And Turk took my bag and literally filled it to the top. (laughs) And I think I ended up shipping home six pounds of candy. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. 
it was really fun though. But uh, it's great, you know, get into the whole Halloween spirit, totally dress up and just have fun and enjoy it and, you know, get into treat lines. And they actually have, I think, raisinets and maybe some apples. You know, they don't totally have junk food everywhere. No, no, but... no. It's Halloween. <laughs> Load them up on sugar, man. That's Load what you're there for. Sugar. Load them well, up on sugar. And, you know, you take as much candy as you want because at the end of the night, anything that's not given out is thrown away. That's my understanding is that they get rid of the candy or maybe they donate whatever candy. They don't reuse the candy the next day. So that's probably why Turk was happy to kind of fill you up so you carry it home instead of him. But I love the idea of a canvas bag like that, bring a Sharpie and have all the characters sign it. And that's a great free souvenir to take home. Yep. Next time we go for Halloween, I plan to take my bag back and get more signatures. And awesome. you know, my mom even decorated them. Really cute. Put like some edging around them. And All right. Last question that uh, Nicola had was about the park maps. And I guess she's looking for, for current park maps for planning purposes. Um, I'm sure, and I, you know, I hate to, to direct you over to some place like eBay because you're going to overpay for a map that's obviously free. I'm no. sure you can. I was going to say, go to the forums. I'm sure if you ask somebody in the forums, they will either have some and send them to you, or get some for you if they're down there, and you know, work out something for shipping because you're over, over in the UK, and and somebody would be more than happy to get them for you. If she flies me to Scotland, I will hand deliver them. Oh yeah, that that's a that's a deal for her. Love Scotland, sure. <laughs> absolutely love it. But um, if she can get a hold of me somehow, I will be more than happy to pick her up maps next weekend when I'm down there and send them to her without a problem. Wow. Well, look at that. Good for you. So set me up some email address, you know, like Lori Loves Tigger at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know what? Email me. I'll forward it to Lori. Nicola, you can email me. You know, you're going to get lots of email requests now, Lori. But email me at Lou at WW Radio. I'll forward it to Lori. And Lori, thanks very much for that offer. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I bring park maps back all the time for people. And I'm sure, too, the other thing, you probably can find electronic copies online somewhere. I'm sure people have, have scanned in relatively recent you know, maps that you can probably find if you just want to take a look at them, not really worried about getting a physical copy in your hand. So, All right. Well, another email says, Hi, Lou. Mangello. Mangello! <laughs> My husband and I just returned from the parks where we celebrated our third wedding anniversary. We had a great time and wanted to pass this along. It was Memorial Day weekend and beautiful weather, so of course it was very crowded, but we expected that. We planned to have a laid-back approach and just enjoy being at Disney World. Since we were taking our time, we tended to notice people that were lost, family taking each other's pictures, and things like that. So we would stop and help people find places like Test Track, offer to take people's pictures for them, hold open the doors for the dad with the double stroller, that would be me, offer to carry the tray of food loaded up with meals for four kids. It turned into a kind of a game and we really started to look for these kind of opportunities. We even started collecting fast passes, then going back to the attraction at the return time and finding other couples in the standby line to give them to. It ended up being an incredible weekend and a wonderful way to spend our anniversary together. It really created magic for us that we, that to be able to help the magic along for others. Thanks for everything you do. I love your show. You're a great inspiration. That comes from Shannon in Melbourne, Florida. There's obviously no question there, but Lori, like that's it. That's yep. it right there. That's what Disney brings out in people. That Those little things that they wouldn't normally do elsewhere or otherwise. And that's why I wanted to kind of read that one on the air. Oh, I do that. I'll give people directions. They'll ask cast members, like, how to get somewhere. And I'm like, no, no, no. There's a better way to go. And I'll tell them, like, what to do. And I've actually had cast members ask me where I work in the parks because they say I talk like a cast member. 
Yeah. Yeah. Best compliment I've ever received. I, but, I know. Uh, yeah, that's what you do. I do that all the time when I'm down there. You know, I'm talking to people and telling them which way to go and you know how to do this or helping them. And I get back home and I'm still in that mode. And I try to talk to somebody in line at Walmart, and they look at me like you would not believe. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why? Why are you smiling? <laughs> Why are you smiling at me like that? Yeah, yeah. You know, or what have you been yeah. eating or drinking? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. I know. And, it, and it's very funny if you go up to somebody and say Mongello, they have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Disney would they know. <laughs> but you know, I'm the same way, and I, and I go there, and again, you find yourself talking to people and wanting to help people. I find myself, it bothers me to no end if I see a park map or a napkin on the ground, I go and pick it up. And, you know, I'm sure my wife is saying, I wish you would clean up half as good as you do at home as you do when you're in Disney World. But I almost feel obligated to because it's like a second home. And what what is it? What What is it that brings this out in people, that brings people together to be so, you know, not that we shouldn't be all the time anyway, but makes people so nice to each other, makes people so friendly and acts as, act such a different way when we're in the parks. I don't know. It's just, I'm at my happiest when I'm there. And actually, like I said before, I actually feel safer there than I do in my own little town here for some reason. I don't. I could walk around the resorts by myself without a problem. But it's just, there's something there. I really think there's a bubble around Walt Disney World and they, you know, pipe in happy, happy something. <laughs> Well, Happy whatever, whatever, they're, <laughs> whatever they're doing, it, it definitely works. And, you know, Shannon and you and I are clearly not the only ones that feel this way and act this way. And I think that's sort of how these friendships form and these communities form and these relationships form because of the way people are. And maybe that's why we enjoy going there so much. But I, I have to end the email section, of course, with a food related question. Um, right. Because we can't talk about food enough. Um I got an email from Bill from Philly. He was asking a specific question about seafood in Walt Disney World. He's going down with his wife. He was thinking about Narcoosies. He was thinking about uh, going to other places like the Seas Pavilion. I have two questions for you. If you're a seafood fan, what do you think is the best place to get seafood on property? And then I got to give me, you know, give me your best couple of restaurants that you would recommend to somebody because I still get that question all the time. I don't think I've ever had seafood in Walt Disney World. Oh, the humanity. Well, okay. Oh. I should say on my honeymoon, we ate at the Coral Reef, but I was not happy with it. How but long ago was that? Almost 12 years ago. Okay. I, I will say the Coral Reef has improved dramatically, probably over the past three to five years. So hopefully the experience that you had more than a decade ago, I don't think is, is possibly representative, but because I do think the menu has changed and has gotten much, much better. Yeah. I would like to go to the clam bake at uh, Cape May sometime. I've been to the clam bake and I think it's cool. I like it. Um, coming from the Northeast, my, you know, sometimes it's a little different. I know people from certain areas of the country going, oh, no, no, there's no way I'm going to have clams in, in Orlando <laughs> because I yeah. only get them in the Northeast. I absolutely love the Flying Fish Cafe. It is not a place that you might eat every trip. It is definitely on the higher end dollar wise, not prohibitively expensive, but it's up there. It is definitely a signature restaurant. One of the meals I've eaten there is, is without question, one of the best meals I've ever had anywhere, not just in Walt Disney World. I think the food in the Flying Fish is exceptional, and you really get a wonderful dining experience there. And it's one of the places that I, that I highly, highly recommend 
for seafood. Um, Narcooses is excellent as well. Um, I, I've also enjoyed Narcooses. I ate there about four or five years ago. Um, you also get wonderful views of the Seven Seas Lagoon, too. And depending if you get a seat by the window, you might even be able to catch um, the castle and wishes off in the distance. But give me, Laurie, maybe a favorite place to go for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. How's that? Um, my favorite place for breakfast has to do with my favorite character. <laughs> I saw Which this is, one coming a mile away. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's really, there's other, there's another reason behind it. I love going to Crystal Palace because Tigger is there. I love Tigger. He's my absolute favorite, probably because I'm a lot like him, bouncy and trouncy and pouncy. <laughs> but um, I love going there before the Magic Kingdom opens. I usually do an early ADR, 8 o'clock, 8.30. You get to walk down Main Street with pretty much not a lot of people around it. Get some great photos. You get great pictures of Cinderella Castle with nobody in front of it, no stage show going on, the partner statue, nobody around. And to me, it's it's the breakfast, but it's also the experience getting to the breakfast. The the whole, you know, like I said, up and down Main Street, nobody's around. Lots of photos, family photos that you normally cannot get, you know, once the park opens. So, and the food's, you know, not half bad. Like I said, Tigger's there, bouncing and trouncing around. I'm with it. My kid, just so you know, my kids and my wife too, absolutely loves the Crystal Palace for any meal, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. They love the buffet. They love the characters. Um, The service there, last time I was there, was absolutely beyond exceptional. Uh, We had such a wonderful, wonderful server. I know it's just a buffet, but she was wonderful, so I'm with you with Crystal Palace. Yeah. It's the whole buffet thing. You don't have to pick one thing off the menu. There's a whole variety of food there that everybody's bound to find something that they like. So, you know, I was there on my birthday, too, one time. (laughs) I was the only adult in the uh, the parade <laughs> behind Tigger. Again, not surprising. <laughs> okay. I know you. All right, go ahead. Give me a place for lunch. Uh, lunch, 50s Primetime Cafe. Awesome choice. Awesome choice. We ate there before. It was That's a lot right. of fun. I love Primetime. That, again, it's an interactive, it's a show, uh, very much depending on your server, but really, really, and the food is awesome. I love the meatloaf at Primetime. Oh, Yeah. Definitely. We were there. I guess it was in May I was there. And we actually celebrated somebody's birthday. We were there. And it was it was great. You know, everybody comes and sings. and But, yeah, it depends on your server. You can have a really great server and be laughing the whole time. Or, mm-hmm. you know, the food's good, though. It's yeah, a lot of food's fun. very good. Yeah, especially when they put ketchup on the table because you keep putting your elbows on it. <laughs> I've eaten, with you. I've eaten with you there before, so... <laughs> It didn't happen to me. It happened to Glenn. He kept putting his elbows on the table. She told him no. She made him write, I will not put my elbows on the table. And he wouldn't listen, so she pulled his chair out and put ketchup down. About killed him. <laughs> That's his elbows on the you got to be into it. You got to be into the experience and be yes. willing to, you know, to, to go along with it. But it, it is a lot of fun. So give me your, your choice for dinner. Um, bar none, you know, pretend that, that somebody else is paying. Well, if you're paying. Uh... No, somebody else, not me. Now, I don't Dinner's hard. Um, All right, give, so me, many, give me one in the parks and out the outside the parks. How's that? Okay, I'm in the park. I'm going to go back to La Salle for dinner. Okay. Because you got the nice, you know, quiet atmosphere down in the basement. You know, can be kind of romantic. But uh, and the food's really, really wonderful. Outside of the park. Hmm. I don't know where I've really eaten outside of the park. To give you one. That was really memorable enough. California Grill. How about Beaches and Cream? Well, opposite end of the spectrum, but I'm with you. 
And, and dinner sort of is just it just gets in the way of getting to the ice cream. I think. Although the hamburgers are awesome, I love the hamburgers at Beaches and Cream. I've heard that we're going in December, taking my dad to get his first kitchen sink. Uh, we, On his birthday, I think we might even do it. Perfect. I, yeah. I, I talked about it on an earlier show. My recent trip to Walt Disney World, one of my favorite times was hamburger and a no way Jose at Beaches and Cream, walking outside, roasting marshmallows and s'mores on the beach, and then watching Enchanted on the big inflatable screen on the beach, having one of the best times ever uh, over um, in, at night in Disney. Yeah, I got to get me one of those no way Jose's. They look really good. Uh, I'm not an ice cream fan, but my lord that thing is just it's wonderful chocolate how can you not you know it's perfect i know know. yeah i had to head that way next week and get me one (laughs) can i get that to go so i can walk around the park and no they do you cannot get a no way you there is a to-go line at beaches and cream but you cannot get a no way jose i have asked and yes even begged to get one but you cannot get it oh we might have to meet up there and get some no way jose's then sounds good to me so i could easily rattle off a hundred places that I love inside and outside the parks for lunch and dinner. Um, I, I, it's hard to pick a favorite depending on what you want. Um, there are definitely some things that come to mind. I think Yak and Yeti is one of the best places to eat inside the parks. I think the food is good, very unique. I love the restaurant just because of the story and the artifacts and being able to walk around and everything else that goes with it. Um, that's just a, a lunchtime experience. And if you get a table, Upstairs by the window, just at the right time, you can watch the parade go by outside. Even better. Uh, yeah, see, I haven't eaten there yet, but we're eating there in December. Excellent. Can't wait. Excellent. excellent. So, all right, that is going to do it for this email section. Obviously, if you guys have a question that you want answered on the show, a comment, a suggestion, anything like that, you can email it to Lou at wdwradio.com. That's all the time we have this week. I hope you enjoy the show. Big thanks go to my very special guest and my co-host of the day, my good friend Lori, also known as Lori Loves Tigger in the forums. Thank you so much for your bid. Thank you for coming on the show. I really had a good time. Oh, this was a blast. I can't wait to do it again. Uh, You what? (laughs) (laughs) Next year for the auction, I'll win again. Uh, Well, listen, you are always welcome to to come on again. But was 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 this what you expected yeah, and and more so. It was a lot of a lot of fun. It's just what? like sitting here talking to a friend. Don't even realize you're being recorded. Exactly, and that's the whole point of the show is to make you just sit, feel like you're sitting there listening to a friend talking about something that we all enjoy. But did you feel like did you get your five hundred dollars worth? Uh, maybe four fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to come to your house, man. That just blew it out. Next time, next time you can record from the uh, from the studio headquarters in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. So, all right, yeah, but, that'll take us hours. <laughs> yeah, but when are you? Uh, I'm sure I'm going to see you again very soon. When are you heading down to to Walt Disney World again next? Uh, next Thursday, the 25th. Awesome. Going you, down for Expedition Everest Challenge. Are you quote unquote running slash walking slash crawling through the challenge? Or are you going to be there as a spectator? Oh, I'm doing it. Um. I don't know if I'm running or walking it. I'm doing it with a friend of mine, so I'm pretty much going to go by his pace and see see how it goes. But 
I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be fun, too. It's not about winning at all, and I'm saying that because there's, I know that there's no chance that I'm going to be coming close to winning. It's a matter <laughs> of, of finishing and certainly having fun while we're doing it. And based on a little bit of information that we have so far, I think this is going to be a really, really good time. Oh, yeah. And it, the bling. It's all about the bling. <laughs> Yeah, that the and I'm happy to be doing the inaugural one, and that and that medal seems very cool. So I, I think I'm looking forward to. I have a curiosity as to what the obstacle course is going to be, and I'm very much looking forward to and curious as to what the scavenger hunt back inside the park at night is going to be like. Yeah, I'm going to follow you around so I can get all your answers. Great, and then if if my answers are all wrong, I lose all credibility. So thanks, no pressure. Yeah, I don't think it matters if they're right or wrong. I don't think it's a graded test. I'm, you know, I think they're going to check to make sure you have all the answers. Again, but I don't just just a matter of finishing and getting the medal. That's all. So, and the after party, the after party in the park at night. Oh yeah, that I'm excited. I can't wait to ride Everest at night. I've never done it. It's going to be wonderful. I've said it before. I will say it again. Expedition Everest in the back row. At night, best attraction in Walt Disney World. Cool. I'll have to make sure I get in that back seat. We'll have to ride it together in the back seat. There you go. There's your other fifty dollars worth. You and I will ride in the back seat together at night. Expedition Everest during the by the Fogo. Absolutely. Deal. <laughs> deal. Deal. So I, I always give everybody a chance. Do you have anything that you want to shamelessly plug or shill while you're on the show? Oh, I guess I could plug my new blog. I only started blogging yesterday. Um, <laughs> It's not going to be like the great Disney blog, like the other ones that are out there. It'll be a little bit of me, a lot of Disney. And it's actually called We Want the Redhead. One of my favorite lines in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, because I'm a redhead. So, But uh, it's we want the redhead.blogspot.com. Wait, we want the, wait, what? We want, we want, we want, want with an S, the redhead.blogspot.com. Yes. You said something like, we want the red hot redhead. I'm like, wait a minute, slow down. No, we want the redhead. We want the redhead dot blogspot dot com. I'll try and put a link up in the show notes. I am am happy to say and I am proud that I am the first person to comment on your blog. And don't sell yourself short. I'm sure it's going to be great. So, I don't know. All my friends told me I needed a blog and I guess I just finally bit the bullet and decided to do it. Awesome. Well, why don't you help me um, help me take the show out? Let's uh, talk about a couple of things. First, obviously, Celebrations Magazine. I promise you. I know we said it's going to be a September October issue, but it is coming out soon. We are just about ready to go to press. But until that time, it's good for you. You may have to wait a little bit longer, but you still can take advantage of the pre-publication special offer. Twenty four ninety nine. It's thirty percent off the cover price for six issues. To learn more or to subscribe, you can go to celebrationspress.com. This is an effort between Tim Foster from Guide to the Magic and Top Ten with Samantha. Foster and I, as well as articles from so many people that you know from online, Disney communities, webmasters, authors, so much more. Again, that link is over at celebrationspress.com. And also, we want you to be a part of the magazine. Much like the show, we want the magazine to be interactive so if you, if you have photos that you want to share, if you have a letter that you want to include in the magazine, a letter to the editor, you can send that over to lou at wdwradio.com. Over on our website, which is obviously wdwradio.com, you'll find show notes, links to past episodes. You'll also find a preview, a free preview to the audio guide to Walt Disney World, Main Street, USA. That's on the homepage. Also in the show notes, you'll find specials from some of our sponsors like All Star Vacation Homes, Owner's Locker, and Mouse Fan Travel, 
who always will give you not just the best prices on your Disney World, Disneyland, or Disney Cruise Line vacation, but they'll give you exceptional service. And Lori, talking about events coming up, I've been saying it, Mouse Fest is right around the corner. I expect you will be there once again. Oh, I am definitely going to be there. Have you gone to mousefest.org yet and registered? I did this morning. Awesome. Good answer for me putting you on the spot. You can also get the free MouseFest newsletter by going to mousefest.org. Again, you'll find the link in the show notes. That'll give you up-to-date uh, information as it comes out from MouseFest. Like I said, I will be announcing my meets again this year uh, in the next few weeks as soon as I get those finalized, so stay tuned. Just a quick programming note. I will be in Walt Disney World next weekend for the WDW Celebrations and Expedition Everest Challenge events. I will be returning home on Sunday, so it is possible that the show may get up either very, very late on Sunday or early Monday. So if you don't see the show early on Sunday, don't worry. I know you're waiting to hear, at the very least, just who the winner is of the Adventureland Challenge Contest. Sorry the timing was a bit off, but like I said, I'll try and get the show up either very, very late Sunday night or first thing Monday. Thanks. But speaking of upcoming shows, lots of great things planned. I've got more special guests, more of your emails, a few surprises under my under my sleeve, up my sleeves as well. <laughs> Remember, if you have a question that you want answered, a segment suggestion, anything at all, you can send an email to lou at wdwradio.com or you can call the voicemail. You can be on the air, much like my my beautiful co-host, but without paying $500, by calling <laughs> 206-202-4WDW. That's 206 202 4939. You can call with questions, comments, anything just to say hi from the parks. Love hearing from you. If you want to comment on the show, Lori, you are a member of DisneyWorldTrivia.com. Head on over to the forums there. It's fun. It's free. We have almost 30,000 members. It's a great place to talk to uh, and interact with other Disney fans. And as always, I ask, if you like the show, please help spread the word. Tell others about it. Review us in iTunes. Come over. Say hi on Facebook follow my updates on Twitter. Lori, thank you again so much, not just for your incredibly generous donation to the Dream Team Project. In all seriousness, that means a great deal to me, and you know that that money will go a long way towards really help making a child's dream come true. But this was a lot of fun, and I really appreciate it. I'm happy that you were uh, my very first and still only co-host for the day. Woohoo! <laughs> we got to keep it that way. Absolutely. So thank you again. And of course, thank you, the listeners, for taking the time to tune in once again. I hope you all have a great week. See ya. See ya. Hey, Lou, this is Gary calling from Cape May. Actually, this is Gary calling from California. I am at Disneyland, and I know you're a Walt Disney World enthusiast, but I had to stop here where it all began, and I rode some of the old rides, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and it was awesome. It brought back a lot of memories. And uh, Nemo, Undersea Voyage, uh, was a lot like 20,000 Leagues, of course, same submarine. It brought back a lot of memories, and uh, it was a great vacation. I'm on my honeymoon, actually, with my wife now, Joanne. We had a Disney wedding with uh, When You Wish Upon a Star was her music coming down, and also Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes was our dance song. And we had uh, many Disney characters in our decorations, and uh, it was beautiful. And we are now enjoying our honeymoon. So we just wanted to let you know we are calling from Disneyland, enjoying some of the old things, and keep up the good work. You have a great show, and can't wait to get back to listen to it. Bye. Hey, Lou, this is John from Madison, Wisconsin. I just wanted to report we're here now in a late September weekend, staying at the Beach Club, spent some time out at Stormalong Bay, and talked to the cast member 
hanging out there who had some interesting uh, kind of rumor. And uh, the big one is that he had heard they were going to reopen uh, the Adventurers Club once the renovation around that Pleasure Island area is done. Uh, there were a couple area there were a couple areas that were going to be kept, and Adventurers Club supposedly was one of them. So. I don't know, but that's what that cast member told me. He also told me that they were going to be closing down the, the Storm Along Bay for some update renovation. Uh, not quite the scale of what Caribbean Beach went through, but uh, should be closing down in January for some refurbishment. Uh, hadn't seen that out, but that might be common knowledge anyway. So anyway, thanks for the shows, and uh, talk to you soon. Hey, Lou, this is Tim Stenzel again. I've been listening to these uh, shows week after week with everybody calling in and chiming in about their smells that they've had at the Disney Park. I just want to call in with mine. Um, a month, uh, a little over a month ago now, we were at um, Disneyland in California, and we went on the Pirates of the Caribbean over there, and the first thing I thought of when I got in there and I smelled the way it smelled was your show. I th- and I was trying to tell my wife that, but she kept telling me to be quiet. She didn't understand a thing I was trying to tell her. And uh, I tried to explain it to her later on, and she says, smells at Disney World. Okay. I guess she just didn't get it. Um, but anyways, uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, your show was thought of when I was going on Pirates of the Caribbean, which, by the way, is a really cool ride out in California. Um, anyways, keep up the great work on the show. Appreciate all that you do. Bye. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow, and tomorrow's just a dream away. Man has a dream, and that's the start. He follows his dream with mind and heart, and when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. So there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow 